Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. Happy New Year. Here we are. This is a new season of Footnotes. I believe this is season four, and uh, it's really a time of, of new beginnings, right, for many of us. And what I like about this season, I love the way we're going to kick off. It's just going to start where I think a podcast should start off, and that's just uh, talking about people. Uh, I'm so happy uh, to have you here. And first of all, who is this wonderful man smiling across from me right now? Uh, no, don't look around. It's you, my friend. Uh, state your name and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Bob Nyquist. I'm married to my wife, Cindy, for 25 years. Wow. I've got two sons, Jonathan and Brandon. Um, they live out in Phoenix. Out in Phoenix. Yeah, they graduated from uh, from GCU, Grand Canyon University. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so they, uh, yeah, they got jobs afterwards, and they're living there now. Yeah. So Bob is an elder, and I look forward to hearing uh, a little bit more of what that process was like. Uh, I came here about six and a half years ago, and uh, love Bob right away because he's just so approachable. He's honest about who he is, and uh, but also he strives to be you know holy and follow God. And uh, that is something to look up to. And I'm glad you're an elder. I'm glad that uh, that was seen. And uh, but we'd love to. I'd love just for other people to know what I know. And by the way, is it Bob Nyquist or is it actually Robert Nyquist? It's actually Robert. Robert, good. I good. told my wife when we first uh, got married. I said, if anybody calls for Robert, he's not home. <laughs> if they call for Bob, come get me if I'm not busy. And if they ask for Bobby, <laughs> rush and come get me because they've known me my whole life. Oh God! <laughs> so when did it when did it leave Bobby and become? Oh, let me ask: Was it ever Robert in your life, though? No, only okay. when I was in trouble, and the first day of school. First day of school, got it. So when it yeah, so when did it stop being Bobby? Uh, some people still call me that. Mm-hmm. Um, family and some long long friends. Yeah, uh, but I would say probably in middle school. Got it. Okay. Uh, so I want to get to know you, Bob. And I think in a podcast like this, it'd be easy for us to kind of depart a bit. Like, let's talk about Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 and the responsibilities of an elder. And what do you think about that, uh, Bob? I try to just think of who this podcast is for. Really, this is for the people of our church for us to, and to for us to talk in long form about some things that really don't get a chance to be talked about from the stage, you know, because um, that's just kind of how it goes. I think one of the first things to be helpful is how did you find Foothill? And how long have you been here? What was it like when you got here? Uh, so my kids went to school. Uh, we, we actually moved to Glendora in, I think, 97. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were looking for a childcare, really. And that grew into, we came to Glendora for the school district, but we loved the school so much and the people at the school and how they treated our kids. Um, we ended up just keeping them in Foothill from, uh, from preschool uh, yeah. all the way to eighth grade. And then uh, it wasn't until... I got saved when I was 36, so it was, of course, years later after they, after they graduated from eighth grade here at Foothill. Uh, eighth grade, uh, my oldest son Jonathan and uh, Tucker, Tucker Lewis, oh wow, uh, were in the same grade. Mm-hmm. I had never met Chris before, but we were both were uh, were cheap enough to share a room on the eighth grade trip <laughs> um, to Washington D.C. and uh, that big trip they do at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So we were roommates. Um, so poor Chris. I was a brand new Christian. Um, like how brand new? Because you I said would say, 36. Yeah. yeah, I would say probably a couple years in, but yeah, but not more of a topical type of idea of the Bible and just sit, sitting in church and listening. But I started reading a lot. 
a lot um, reading the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, reading a lot of books from Piper and a lot of a lot of good authors. Uh, so I had a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. poor Chris, um, he's never off of work, and that was not a vacation <laughs> for him. Um, and he looked at me like I was like, "You're weird. You're you're asking." You're reading books that just an, an, the, the average person doesn't read, and you're asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So that kind of started our our friendship off. Um, so I was going to another church in the area. Um, Which, by the way, about Chris, that's one thing I learned. I remember I used to think I was harassing Chris about theology because a lot of times we have a theological question like, who can I ask? Oh, ask the top dog, right? Right. But actually, man, Chris loves talking about theology. I imagine it's kind of one of the things, like you said, he probably noticed like, wow, there's something God's really doing a work in this guy Bob's life. For sure. And uh, even like, I mean, just to talk about Chris, I mean, my son Gabriel has a lot of theological questions. I'll see Gabriel just go to Chris and ask him a question. And Chris doesn't like pawn it off and say, oh, you know, he's like, you actually sit and talk and really think about it. So I, I think you're doing the right thing. I think it was, it was God at work in your life. Uh, but yeah, Bob, you were talking about a little bit of a little bit of your journey, how you came to Foothill. You said you were going to another church. And so, yeah, so how, how did God uh, bring you to Foothill? How'd that happen? I was listening to the sermons after I met Chris. I'm like, I got to listen to this guy. Mm. Um, so I started listening um, just to the the audio files. Um, so I was going to going to church, but also listening to Foothill. So I was kind of going, wow, this I really like this teaching. I really like um, the depth of it. And I like uh, how Chris was going through. And, um, you know, as a police officer, I'm kind of a, there's arguments like I write my I, we write our reports so that one they make sense and two other readers um, have to understand what we're saying mm-hmm. and um, we're kind of basing uh, steps as far as how we build not necessarily an argument but in court it'll of course be an argument right yeah absolutely um, and I think Chris um, being a lawyer in his previous life I think that the way he builds his sermons uh, is something that I can really relate to mm-hmm. as far as how he, he works from, from an idea, backs it up with, with factual um, scripture, and then, and then it kind of breaks it down at the end and, and, and it really explains it. So I think when you sit through um, 40 minutes, 50 minutes of, of a sermon, um, he kind of takes you through a journey of, of really capturing what he's, what he's teaching. That's one thing I love about Foothill is because you, you see the, that example in scripture as well. You know, Peter does that in the second chapter of Acts and Paul does that um, in, in Acts as well. And I, I think there, there should be a feeling of, of, a, of a heartful led persuasion. Right. And uh, yeah, no, I love that about Foothill too. So you yeah. found Foothill, yeah. So yeah, so I was talking to my wife, Cindy, about um, checking out Foothill, Foothill Church. And she really didn't want to leave our old church. We had a lot of connections there. And um, so there was a, I was driving by uh, Grand, and I see this banner about um, um, this marriage series. It was a summer series. And um, I said, we know it. Let's let's go just try this series out, and then we'll, we'll give it six weeks, hmm. and uh, then we'll make some, make some decisions. And uh, we both fell in love with the church, the people here at Foothill, um, the teaching, uh, and it really helped put us on a good starting uh, path in our in our in our walk here at Foothill, mm-hmm. and um, it really grew our marriage. Like it was just really useful information um, and, and and biblical. Yeah, that's one thing I found is I've been a part of a lot of churches where I felt like everybody really loved God and there was a lot of enthusiasm. But once I got into Foothill, 
I feel like there's a lot of things, uh, even my own character, that broke because we were diving so hard into Scripture that all the enthusiasm in the world uh, wasn't able to change. But it was a Scripture and faithful teaching uh, that really affected that. But you actually mentioned something I really love there. And I, just for our listeners uh, right now, you said, we decided to give it six weeks. That's one thing we've started to say in our services is, you know, right. you know hey, if this is your first, second time, can we just ask you, would you come for a month, right? right. And cause I think there's something special about saying, we're going to give this a bit of time, not like, I'm going to give this place one meal, like a restaurant, right. right? Like, you know, a restaurant, I might give one meal, but a church, no, with people and different personalities and everything, and I think you should be more thoughtful. So, I, so listeners at home, I encourage you, you know, do what Bob the Elder did, you know, like, you know, encourage uh, your friends that you invite say, Hey, you know, why don't you give it six weeks, give it a month. Right. So I think, sure. uh, God can really work through that. So I know even from my journey to, you know, I came from it, he's a, you were, you were a, a policeman and now you're, you know, an elder here at the church, uh, and becoming a pastor. There was a real feeling of a sense of like, Hey, I don't just don't know if I'm worthy enough and a feeling of, um, man, they're going to find me out you know, that I'm just kind of like an average guy that loves God, but man, I just don't know if I'm you know, the type, was there any kind of feeling of going from, you know, a uh, nice guy at Foothill to wanting to grow to Chris being like, Hey, have you thought about becoming an elder? What was that like? Yeah. So, uh, we didn't have elders here at Foothill. Hmm. Um, when, when I started coming to Foothill and, uh, so I had been, I'd been in classes. I'd been in, um, some, some men's, uh, Bible studies, yeah. you know, you can read all kinds of things at home and um, bounce them around your own head. Uh, but talking to a bunch of um, godly men who, who love Jesus and, and you can really, um, you know, God uses, God's plan is using people, right. Uh, to further your growth for, um, for sanctification. And so uh, to become more holy, I think being around a group of guys like that, um, in, in the classes we offer now at Foothill. Um, and then especially in that time, uh, it was just so helpful to be able to like listen to other people's, um, thoughts and really start questioning some of the things that, um, I may have just overlooked or just said, ah, yeah, I know that information. Right. Um, but they'll bring up a question in class I didn't even think about. And, um, I'm like, you know, what? that's a good, that's like something good to think about. Yeah. And so I, I think um, when Chris, when Chris invited me to, to, to coffee, um, he had something up his sleeve. I had no idea. And mm. if there wasn't a back on the chair, I probably would have fell out of it. <laughs> um, yeah. He asked me if I would, would, would think about um, becoming an elder mm. at Foothill. And uh, I'm like, are you, did you talk, are you talking to the right guy? Cause I, I'd never even, never even thought about it <clears throat> when we didn't have it. So I really didn't know, um, what an elder was other than reading, you know, reading the Bible, but, but physically like what, what exactly do we do? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I, I gave it a lot of thought and, you know, lots of doubts. Um, sure. but also there was a challenge there and I'm like, well, you know, God creates opportunities if you're looking. And a lot of times you just kind of don't even realize what, you know, what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life. And the easiest answer would be say no to him. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I really, I, I thought about it for, for a good month. Yeah. Um, I would say wow. three weeks to a month, talked to, talked to my wife, Cindy about it. And, um, I knew it'd be a, obviously a commitment for, for a period of time. Um, if not, you know, as long as 
God allows me to have this position. Yeah. And it was a, it was a huge commitment. Like, um, there's a bit, you know, bit of training, right? Uh, yes. There was, there was, <laughs> there, there was a few books to read, a lot of discussions. By few means probably means like 12. And <laughs> yeah, there was, he, I think he, I think he chose books by weight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to stay in shape. You yes. Know, yeah. Say, well, yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. Put it all in a backpack. <laughs> I hadn't done that since, since high school. So, yeah. Um, you know what, what I love that you shared there about that, um, is it sounds like God was doing a work in your heart ahead of time. Absolutely. And I, I was encouraged, you know, maybe there's some of you guys are listening now. You feel like a God has these moments where like God really puts a desire in your heart to go deeper and to dive deeper in community or like, man, I'm going to take that class or I'm going to do this thing. Sometimes we have, we're very short sighted. So you, you had no idea that Chris was going to ask you to consider being an elder. And of course, he's going to go through training and maybe actually just see if that was even the Holy Spirit prodding his heart too. And I think that was responsible on Chris's side. Uh, But you had no idea, but you were faithful in your desire to grow and to learn for that. And so I I think that's just, uh, that's really edifying about how the Spirit moves. Uh, So Bob, a lot of people, they see you. And a lot of times, frankly, when people see elders, it's usually at a time where, hey, we're going to pray about this. We're going to do this thing. One thing that would be helpful would be to ask, you know, if people were to hang out with you for over a period of time, what exactly does an elder do? <laughs> like now that you're, now you're an elder, what are actually the things that you would show up for and the things that you, you do as an elder at Foothill? First of all, I mean, prayer. Prayer is probably one of the most important things that, that we do. Yeah, we, we meet every, every other week, and then we have um, business meetings every quarter. Uh, those, um, the, so not only are we... Because Foothill Church um, or Foothill School is a ministry of the church, yep. they're, they're, um, the, the school falls underneath the church, which I think is is awesome. Mm-hmm. How they, uh, how we've we, you know, years before they set that up the mm-hmm. way it is. It's not two separate entities. Yeah. Um, so it's actually it's, it's going on mission for God. Uh, yeah. The school is. So we're actually we oversee um, the school affairs as well as um, as the church affairs. Yeah. Um, I've never been on a board before, uh, so that was that was new to me as well. So, so uh, a lot like, of prayer, a lot of you know discussing different things. Yep, for the school and for and for the church. Got it. And then um, you know people bring needs. A lot of people at Foothill, a lot of members at Foothill, um, will send prayer requests, mm-hmm. um, and those are all on a list of people we uh, we continually care for. Yeah. Um, so I would say besides prayer, um, making decisions, uh, mm-hmm. of kind of, um, the future of Foothill, uh, mm-hmm. that's, it's fun, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, see a little window in the, in the, into the future of, of, um, the church, mm-hmm. but it's also a, it's also kind of a burden as well. You share with other people's, um, uh, sorrows and, and, and deaths, uh, of, uh, of members or yeah. or family members, um, issues are going through whether it be marriage or um, family life. Have there been many times where uh, you've been asked to even uh, meet with people, like you know, um, based on a need of things that come up? Yes, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I really enjoy that. I love I love personal conversation, um, mm-hmm. encouraging people in their faith or just if they're if they're having a, a bad time of life. Yeah. Um, or, or it's, it's great. I mean, like my old job of being a police officer, um, people always call when things aren't going well. I've never yeah. got a call as a police officer to go celebrate somebody's <laughs> That's good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't break the law. Let's celebrate. <laughs> so, 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 so being an elder, I get a chance to 
uh, uh, partake in, 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 in joyful events as well uh, with yeah. our church members. So, um, that's wonderful. So, so, so both. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, uh, I'm, I'm available uh, yeah. to whoever, whoever wants to sit and talk at whether it be a phone call, um, coffee, lunch. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm glad that you're the person uh, doing that because, uh, like I said, I've chatted with Bob for years and uh, you're somebody that I feel like when I'm talking to, I get the sense that you're thinking about me. You're actually listening to me. You're not just thinking about the next thing you want to do, the next person you're going to talk to. That, and uh, if I were to say, you know, hey, I, I just want to talk about this in my faith, that you're just going to, because you've been there, you've gone through the journey of, mm-hmm. of that in your own life. Uh, it's just such a thoughtfulness to you and I admire that about you, uh, Bob. Uh, you mentioned uh, celebrating events uh, and things like that. There's a pretty massive event uh, that you did. You went on a massive hike. I don't even know what it's called, but I know that you were gone for a long time. You had an awesome beard. You came back. You also looked a bit lighter. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, a few pounds. I guess that's what happens when you only eat worms and sticks and things like that. Um, but can you tell us uh, what you did a little while ago? Because this is really interesting. Yeah, so in July of, uh, of 2021, um, I retired in the end of May, uh, so one of my one of my hobbies is hiking. You said you retired, by the way. How long have you been in the police force? Um, Thirty two years total. Wow. 20, 20, almost twenty six years sworn as yeah. a police officer. Well, thank you for serving in that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, so you retired, and then you started to do this thing. Yeah, so I had uh, I had this huge goal of uh, doing the John Muir Trail. The number um, of miles is two hundred and twenty miles. Wow, two hundred twenty miles. Right. So you get dropped off, and so I went north. I went from from Mount Whitney um, up to Yosemite Valley. Wow. And uh, I did it solo. Um, I mailed. It was kind of weird. Like four weeks or five weeks prior to even leaving, I had to mail food to myself. Um, and a, a I like mule, checkpoints and things like that. Yeah. So a mule team would would pick it up from the post office, or somebody would pick it up from the post office. Give it to a mule team, and they would they would trek it in. Did you say um, meal or mule? Mule, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. So that just got way cooler. <laughs> yeah, so that, that wasn't that, um, that was a little little pricey, but I mean, someone's got to do the work, right? I didn't want to yeah. carry eighteen days worth of food. Well, sometimes, on my back. The, sometimes some of the best things have a little bit of price tag to it. And I imagine you'll remember right. this the rest of your life. That's right. Um, uh, I, I guess I want to. So two hundred twenty miles. You walked north logistically, not like mentally, spiritually. What was the most difficult thing physically on that? The first day, okay. The, the first day was um, I had trained really hard because I I've been on a lot of hikes. I've done Mount Whitney a couple times, and I see people just struggling and their heads down, looking at their feet. Just um, I think it encourages prayer life, yeah. <laughs> even for people that that, uh, that 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 don't have a strong faith. But uh, I saw people that just were struggling. They weren't even seeing God's beauty as they're walking around. Mm-hmm. They're just just trying to take their next step. And I said, I don't want to miss what God has for me, so I'm going to train really hard um, before I go. And so, yeah, the first day I went up a uh, a, a pass called Shepherd's Pass. I don't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very very difficult. Um, so uh, the permit system is really hard to get a permit for that. So I wasn't able to get where I wanted to start. I went up the Shepherd's Pass, and it was like 90 degrees when I started. It went to like I think low probably mid thirties Wow! with hail within like, I don't know. I think that was a 12, no, I think that's about a 10 hour day. And that, so, yeah. that degree change was in one day. One day. Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That and is that, crazy. And that happened actually often. 
Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of hailstorms, thunderstorms. So this lightning. isn't like a growth group activity. No, it was. <laughs> um, I was expecting all of this, not necessarily the first day, and uh, not necessarily as many days as I, I as I got to experience that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was fun. And I, like I said, I went solo. Okay. Um, but there's, it's a very, really popular um, destination for people all over the world. Hmm. Uh, so I actually, I, I have this band of, uh, of friends. I, you know, you, you hike with them for a day, two days, and then they move on or you, you go faster than them and then you meet new friends. And then I say about halfway through a little bit more than halfway through about a hundred miles in, um, I then found uh, uh, this group that was kind of, we were all kind of on the same, same speed, same journey together, uh, as far as timelines and, and, and walking speed. So, yeah. Met some oh, so, lifelong so friends. Meet some new people. Mm-hmm. Right, so, so there were some new people that actually became good friends throughout that. Correct. That's yeah. cool. In fact, we, we still talk. To oh, that's great. Well, I, it's amazing how difficult things bond people together. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that could be a coffee with somebody, you know, chat with them about life as an elder, but also just physical exertion of walking through crazy temperature changes, you know, 220 miles, you know. Uh, I mean, you're sharing life with them. Yeah, you like, really are. Like, you know, I mean, you're eating together, you're talking together, yeah. uh, you're relying on each other. For things, it's a lot like you know, like like the church, how, yeah. how it should be should be working, right? Or how community should be working, relying on people, trusting people. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there's no there's no real help there other than than yourself or, or somebody else. That's a good word. So with vulnerability and effort to show up to things and to do it comes great growth, and I'd actually argue a better feeling of support and safety and things like that. So Absolutely. so that's the logistical side. Uh, when you're by yourself, did you feel like your brain just kind of just droned on? You didn't think about anything, or did you usually find yourself like really, like, man, I'm really dwelling on these things. Like, what happened to your brain spiritually? Yeah. That kind of stuff. That's a great question. Um, so I did. I've done two longer hikes. Um, there were week long hikes before, and um, I went with uh, a few other people the other two times. But what I found was there's so many. I mean, you just get tired of talking sometimes out loud. Yeah. And or you or you kind of space out um, as far as distance from from other people, and what I found the first two times, and, and again this this other time is, when you spend that time um, kind of alone and with God, you're just you're able to chase down thoughts that you'd never that you never um, have the time to run all the way to the end. Mm. Does that if that makes sense? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because yeah, we always your, have your some phone distracts. Yeah, yes, yeah. your phone rings. Your oh, I got to be somewhere. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I have nowhere to be but where I stop, you know, yeah. on, on a hike. So, as you as I went, I'm just, I'm, it was literally like um, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. Like mm-hmm. that was just it was just an ongoing all all day prayer mm-hmm. um, with no distractions other than maybe you know some kind of animal um, lurking out and you know deer running around or, or something that kind of catches your eye and you want to stop and appreciate it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you were able to just kind of just think and pray and think and pray and then talk to somebody and kind of share your thoughts with, with, with somebody if, yeah. uh, if they're nearby. That sounds like a good plan for somebody if they're feeling like, man, I feel distracted. If only I could just dwell on God or pray to actually make the plan, I'm going to go for a long walk. That's not just like a long walk around, uh, uh, you know, baseline road. <laughs> like, like a forest camp walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah, but, yeah, but actually, you know, go for a walk like, you know, Chino Hills National Park state or state park, not national. That'd be cool if it was a national park, you know, but yeah, that, that's, that's cool to hear. Um, yeah, well, I encourage you guys, if you want to hear more about that, uh, chat with, uh, with elder Bob, he probably has some advice of what to try and what not to try. Cause you've walked around and he's like Mount Baldy and things like that. 
Um, I'd love to ask a fun question real quick. Sure. Let's go down. I want to go down towards your police work. Um, so besides Police Academy 1 through 7, what police movies get it right? So I'm not really a police uh, movie guy, <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> uh, my wife cannot stand me. We can't sit in a theater because I'm like talking to the screen like, oh, he ran out of bullets like five minutes ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you're going into this like you don't have any other ammo. Uh, so um, so I'm always been trained to like count your rounds and know kind of, you know, what you have, resources you have before you you jump into something. So. Um, I like to see so, that movie. I'm a real not, thoughtful policeman. Yes, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not very good at that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I criticize those movies a lot. But I would say um, there was a series, uh, and I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember, I remember thinking about it, like being, this is probably, not necessarily all of it, but a lot of it was, uh, it was Bosch. Okay. It was a series. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was probably the most realistic, like how things go down. I mean, obviously they, they drummed up a lot of things together mm-hmm. for a you know for an hour long episode, uh, but I think the way they set that up and the way they interacted like the detectives with the uh, LAP he was LAPD yeah. uh, I didn't work there, um, but it was very very similar to how real police work um, yeah. and and just kind of the relationships um, that weren't weren't obviously blown out of proportion for 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 Hollywood yeah um, worked out. Um, I imagine in Bosch, there's like a scene where they just sits down. There's 25 minutes of, of uh, paperwork, right? Yes. And we're just forced to watch That's them funny. the whole time. So when you when when you ask this question, I always like even even cops. Obviously, you know the, the TV show cops are you're watching real life police work, but only the only the exciting parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say like five minutes of fun is like three hours of paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I look at so I, I'll watch a movie or an episode or whatever of of those cops. Yeah, I'm like, do you know how long that guy's gonna be at work today? Like that that <laughs> so whole <funny>. thing. <laughs> I w- yeah, I wish they would show that just to make it real. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, people would tune out real quick. Yeah. Like uh, I didn't expect this. Well, you know, uh, I've always loved your heart, Bob, and uh, I think there's a lot of people who uh, we don't have enough time to kind of go. It, it's a really big subject, but. A lot of there's a lot of different viewpoints being thrown around, especially you know about police work and the younger generation and things like that. And I don't know, like, is there anything that you let, let's say you just had a young person who's like, I don't know what to think about police work and, and their motivations and things like that. Now, if you're just sitting down with them, is there any way that you would just kind of like encourage them about even what your heart was like and maybe kind of dispel a little bit of uh, you know, preconceived notions and things like that? Um, obviously, we've been in, uh, police officers have been under the under the microscope, um, which I think is, uh, to a certain extent helpful. Mm-hmm. Like every, there always, there always should be, um, checks and balances with, with anything, especially, uh, um, with the power that, uh, that carries uh, yeah. being a police officer and, um, taking, taking away somebody's, um, freedom, right. Yeah. Uh, at least initially for, for a short period of time. So, uh, the training, um, all the testing, uh, I, I would say, the majority, um, the vast majority of police officers are doing the right thing for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happens, um, we can see it today and how, on how things are going. Um, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of police officers that, that have the heart to go do the job, but don't have the ability to, um, to really show, um, the public what they're doing. Um, I think that there's um, a lot of different camps out there, which is unfortunate. 
uh, as far as like trusting the police. Everyone's an expert now about yeah. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we, we, I heard a lot of that. Um, people not, not giving the officer an opportunity to be able to explain um, what and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's a little bit frustrating for me where, you know, when I first started police work in, in well, 89, but 95 on the street, mm-hmm. 1995, um, people, we had, we had public trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, generally uh, people would, you'd ask somebody to do something um, or a question and they would answer answer the question um now the seems like the average person is just questioning everything that 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 we do and i gotta say working for two separate departments um personally and then working with a lot of other departments um you know know, kind of mutual aid uh, type of things or on calls with each other uh these guys are out there working they're out there looking um to make their city a, a safer place Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things to go through just becoming a police officer, yeah. um, testing, um, a psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's all kinds of you know uh, interviews before you go, and then there's a police academy, yeah. which kind of weeds out uh, the people that uh, that may um, may not be the right fit for for law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think giving giving officers um, a chance um, to be able to uh, earn the trust of that person individually, um, case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, I had people just you know come at me because I'm wearing a uniform and and not knowing who who I was, and I would always stop them and say, Hey, wait, wait a minute, I'm not sure what 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 past experience you had with the police, um, but take me for for who I am. Listen yeah. to what I have to say, and and then make your decision on on who I am and and how you're going to respond to me, and then and then however you want to however you want to act. Um, yeah. So, so I, I always give people the opportunity to kind of break that like preconceived notion of I'm here to get you yeah, or yeah. or or do something to you, and let this be a personal uh, personal interaction. Uh, sometimes we don't have the time to do that. Yeah. Of course, if it's like a it's a, a well, you hear those you hear those stories that break your heart of somebody who maybe you know uh, of people who unfortunately were treated unfairly, right? And we see those right. um, all over uh, the news. And but I know just knowing you as a person, if somebody were just assume that Bob Nyquist is this kind of person, they just saw the uniform, and they had no idea the deep well of care and your ability to see people as a person and actually use everything that the state or the county has given you authority to do to actually try to help them get to the best solution. That's a, such a missed opportunity, right? Absolutely. And and I think uh, for, uh, I, I, it'd be such a, a sad loss if somebody didn't have that benefit of the doubt with, um, you know, if, if somebody like you, another policeman who's just there because he really believes in trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. um, to have, have that missed opportunity. But yeah, again, thank you for your service, man. And I, I'm so thankful you didn't have uh, that insight and uh, and you actually having to gotta say like you know I said Bob on the street in 1995, <laughs> you know, but like a, as an elder, I think that's actually really helpful for us as we consider things, you know, things like right. that. And one of the other things I like to mention is, uh, you know, when I, I was saved at 36 years old, um, so one of the things that um, I'm so thankful for God uh, doing in my life was uh, there was there was pre-saved 
Officer Bob, and then there was there was Post, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And and just seeing, I mean, I went in the job initially to care for people, and um, because you know I just I loved people before I was saved, yeah. And I wanted to you know help them any way I could, and and so knowing um, knowing now after I was saved what um, what I could do, um, praying before a call, you know, praying on the way to a call especially if somebody's, you know, hurt or, or shot or stabbed yeah. or whatever. So I had that available to me, which I never had before. And then um, while I was, you know, talking to somebody who was either difficult, um, I now could t- tap into prayer as I'm talking to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the field. And um, and then uh, sometimes God opened the door for me praying for somebody on a call in uniform, wow. side of the road, wrote them a ticket. Now, now all of a sudden I see their they're crying. I'm like, this is just a ticket. Like what, what's, what, what else is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this door opens up and they're telling me about, you know, what just happened in their life. You know, this is the thing that put them over the edge of, wow. of being able to keep it together. And now, now I show up and give them a ticket <laughs> and then God opens the door for, for me listening to them and, and, and actually praying with them, you know, on, on the side of the road, which was, if you had told me I was doing that when I was in the police academy or, or even years afterwards, I would have been, I'm mean, like, you're going to do what? I'm going to, I'm going to do what, you know? Yeah. And it was just, it, it was very interesting. So I had, a, I had a couple of Christian partners that we would, uh, we would, um, encourage each other to do that. And, and actually sometimes work together and, and do that. That's so encouraging. <laughs> and also, I mean, sometimes you, uh, uh, that God might use a ticket just to get your attention, <laughs> you know, cause think of the amazing sometimes. growth that person has. Otherwise they might've just sped and got somewhere late and then might've been, frustrated or might've hurt somebody, you know, whatever, you know, right. but then like you got a hold of them and, um, I'm thankful for God's work in your life. Um, Bob, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. And, uh, I, I, again, I just want to encourage anybody, uh, if you see, um, elder Bob, you know, around, give, uh, say hello to him and also his wonderful wife. Uh, God bless you, man. And, uh, look thank forward to talking again soon. Thank you. All right. Well, we're out of time, but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. So I actually found out that they're making a police academy eight. No way. It's in the works. No way.